Hi there. Welcome to HR Shop Talk. I'm your host, Andrea Adams. This show delves into the details of HR through conversations with smart, experienced, and successful professionals who are doing the work. You can also find me on YouTube where you can interact with me and other people like yourself. Today, my guest is Michael Levitt. Michael has a bit of a specialty in burnout. He speaks at conferences about it and helps individuals and organizations cope with it and get a handle on it. Hi, Michael. How are you? I am great, Andrea. How are you today? Good. Uh, hopefully you are feeling energized and and all of those things that have nothing to do with burnout. I am. I, and of course, my burnout story, which we'll share momentarily, didn't always be that way. But no, I've been able to figure out how to live my life that is free from burnout and having the right energy. Doesn't mean I'm like this bouncing around, I drank Red Bull all day kind of energy, but there are days like with everyone that are going to be a little bit better than others. But as long as you can find a good natural rhythm for yourself, mm-hmm. and that takes a lot of work. Uh, but once you identify what works for you and you just continually do that, it makes your life so much better. Um, I'm looking forward to figuring out and learning more about how, but first let's actually talk about burnout in general. It's, as I said, it's been a hot topic lately. Why do you think that is? Yeah, burnout has been a problem for a long time, but this pandemic has just amplified it, poured gasoline on a fire. Toss in the uncertainty with the pandemic, supply chain issues, wars, you name it. There's been so many different things that have been impacting all of us. And what happens is that creates a lot of stress and prolonged stress turns into burnout. A burnout just doesn't happen overnight. It happens over a period of time when you have prolonged stress that you haven't addressed. And prolonged stress looks like fatigue, overwhelm. You're not able to get everything done. You just feel completely wiped out. Maybe you're lacking clarity in your life. You're walking around dazed and confused. And all of these signs that I see in individuals and unfortunately in in many teams, is getting worse. And it has been, again, since this pandemic. And now that we're starting to see, a lot of people call it a return to work. I don't, I don't like that phrase because people have been working. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's you know return to the office type of thing or a hybrid type of thing. There's a lot of apprehension because people haven't done it in a while. So they're a little anxious about going back, the routine. And you know there was a recent article, I think it was in the Wall Street Journal, that indicated... Because of the cost of, of things now, you know, there are some people that unfortunately cannot afford to go to work, but because of fuel prices, food prices, daycare prices, all the other things that have come up and those prices have obviously increased, if they haven't received a subsequent salary increase, you know, they're, they're in trouble. And so that's causing stress. So it's, it's a big, big problem for way too many people. And pretty much every industry under the sun. Like this article I read was really alarming in terms of the number of people and HR professionals suffering from burnout, but how many people are suffering from burnout right now or at any given point? A recent study, there was uh, um, LifeWorks uh, did a recent study and they're indicating that 61% of people interviewed have identified as being burned out or approaching burnout. So it's more than six out of 10 people. That's, that's scary. That is yeah, that alarming. Crazy. 
it is a very high number and a lot of people are thinking well, what's the reason and unfortunately it's not a single reason mm-hmm. there are a lot of factors involved that i see in organizations one is in just the management style of the organization what is that dynamic like for employees and employers was there micromanaging going on before the pandemic or during the pandemic? Because I've heard stories of organizations telling their employees they have to keep their camera on on Zoom during their workday, um, which is a trust situation, in my opinion. And, mm-hmm. and I always tell people, and a lot of times I get some raised eyebrows, it's like, if you don't trust your employees, you need to fire them. And they go, well, we can't fire them. We can't afford to lose them. And I'm like, well, why don't you trust them? I've seen a lot of self-confidence issues um, and we've seen that a lot with a lot of management is their management style worked quote unquote for them when their employees were in the office, they could see them, you know, and touch base with them and all of that. Some, you know, may not micromanage, but when that went away, it was difficult for Mm -hmm. HR personnel. You have the combination of, again, making sure everybody had access to all the things they need to do in order to do their job come up with guidelines of when people are going to be available. Remember, you know, many of us that have school-aged children, well, we became full-time school teachers as well during the time of when we usually are at work. So how do you juggle that? So what happened was a lot of people started getting up earlier to do some work and maybe work well into the evening. So that block of time when it was education time for their kids, they were making sure that they were doing their schoolwork and not playing on their Xbox or PlayStation. But what happens is that extends your day. Yeah. And if you start doing that over a period of time, you're not getting good sleep because you're, you're working longer than you normally should. And if you're not getting good sleep, that is a huge problem because your body repairs itself. So the stress we face on a daily basis, if we get a good night's sleep, our body can repair that damage. If we're not resting, we're not repairing that damage. Next thing you know, you've got this prolonged stress going on and then you start feeling fatigued, overwhelmed. Uh, you're just, you're, you're not clear headed. It, it impacts your cognitive ability. It impacts your relationships. It impacts everything. Mm-hmm. So when you have all of this going on, you just think you, that's when you end up having six out of 10 people saying they're burned out because there's a lot of that going on. So as far as I know, burnout is not a DSM-5, like a psychiatric diagnosis. But OK, so if it's not a psychiatric diagnosis, what is it? Back in 2018, the World Health Organization, before we became familiar with them regarding COVID, was they, they had issued an ICD code, which they normally assign to diseases. Okay. And they assigned it to burnout, but they didn't classify it as a disease. They classified it as a workplace phenomenon. They're looking into it more because, like, why is this happening? We're seeing these problems globally uh, and what what's it about and a common question i get you know, when i'm working with teams or speaking at events is when i list out some of the symptoms and signs of burnout people will look at it and say that looks a lot like depression mm-hmm. and there are a lot of similarities so mm-hmm. a lot of people are going okay where's the connecting dots here And I tell them at this particular point, the biggest difference between the two is if you have clinical depression, 
typically you are unable to function. You just, you're, you're not able to do a whole lot. Uh, where with extreme burnout, yeah, there may be instances of that, but often you're still able to get up. You're still able to go to work. You're still able to do your job, maybe not to the best of your ability, but you're still able to do it because you're kind of pushing through because you think, okay, I just need to push through this. There was another stat that the World Health Organization did, or some studies uh, that they did, and they released some information from 2016. So it's a bit dated, and I'm hoping that they'll update these stats. But they said nearly three quarters of a million people globally die each year of stroke or heart disease if they work more than 55 hours a week. That's the common thing. If you work more than 55 hours a week, three quarters of a million people globally die every year and workloads have been steadily increasing for a long time. You said you were willing to talk about um, your own burnout experience. So could you maybe just, you know, what was it like for you and how did you know you were burnt out? Because you say like, it's a lot of it is you just keep doing, you just keep going. Yeah. For me, I like to refer to it as my year of worst case scenarios. So let me, let me paint the picture for everyone. Back in 2007, I was hired as a healthcare executive. Uh, There was a lot of work to be done because it was a new clinic. There was recruitment of physicians, hiring staff, navigating a site relocation, working with all of the, the funders in the community to convince them that our clinic was better than uh, the existing clinics in town. So there was a ton of work. And basically for two years from 2007 to 2009, I was pretty much working from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m., seven days a week. And I didn't delegate anything. I didn't delegate to the board that could help out in some things. I didn't delegate to my staff. I just took it upon myself. I treated it as if it was my organization, even though I was an employee, I still treated it as an entrepreneur, this is my business. I'm going to make a dent because I wanted to, you know, quite frankly, I wanted to be a pillar in the community. I wanted to have a big impact mm-hmm. on, on the health and lives of, of people in that area. So I did all of that and it all came to a crashing halt in May of 2009. So from May 2009 to May 2010, the following happened to me. I had a heart attack that should have killed me. 17 weeks later, I lost that job during the Great Recession. There was no jobs to be found. So here I am without a job, looking for a job, no insurance coverage, no drug coverage. So my heart medication was over $1,000 a month. So reduced income, $1,000 a month for medication. That impacts your ability to pay bills. So you know, after I finally found a new role in Toronto, you know, several weeks later, I get a phone call from my daughter, who was still in Windsor at the time before I moved the rest of the family up. Uh, and they indicated that the bank had come and repossessed our family vehicle. When you don't make a car payment, you know, the bank's going to take it back. And I don't blame the bank for it. We had an agreement. They didn't pay it. And finally, we found a place to move the family up to Toronto, and we were getting ready to sell our house. And when we moved everything, we forgot our daughter's bunk bed ladder. So I was going back to Windsor that following weekend to meet with some friends and tidy up a couple things. And when I went back to the house, um, I saw a sticker on the door and the largest padlock I've ever seen in my life. That you can't get a Canadian Tire or Home Depot. And the sticker said foreclosure. So in a year, I had a heart attack that should have killed me, lost my job, lost my car, lost my home. And all those things happened to me because I was burned out. I wasn't making good choices at work mm-hmm. or in life. I wasn't taking care of myself physically, mentally. I wasn't eating well. Um, 
I was stressing out about all the work and not doing anything. And I thought, well, I'll just work harder and work more. That'll help. And that's the last thing you need to do when you're burning out. And I always like to say at this point, for people that are burning out, 99.9% of you do not have to reinvent your life. You got to make some adjustments here and there and some things and establish some boundaries. But in my situation, I literally had to take a deep dive look into who makes me, you know, what, what am I, who am I, what, why was it important for me to work all those hours? What, what was I trying to accomplish? Why was it important for me to take that role that quite frankly, wasn't the best role for me? Uh, and what, why was I trying to do that? What was, what was the motivation behind that? And of course, when you do that, when you start looking within, you have to make sure that you do it from a loving standpoint. You have to love yourself. There's nobody you spend more time with than you. That's what I did. I did a lot of deep dive analysis on every aspect of my life. And it, it took time. So, you know, you went over your experience there, but if we were on the other side of the table and, and you were at some point, how do you spot burnout happening in other people? The common signs that I see either in individuals you know, they can look at themselves to see if they're doing it or loved ones or colleagues is one, we'll go back to sleep for a minute. Sleep is so critically important. And if people aren't sleeping, it's going to impact all the levels of their life. Uh, if they're groggy, they're no longer their normal jovial self or their normal self. If you're noticing your colleagues or yourself uh, are starting to make a little bit more mistakes at work or you're forgetful, uh, that's definitely a warning sign if that's not how you normally are. Um, one thing that jumps out at me too, and this is my situation as well, when you're burning out or you're burned out, you stop doing things in life you enjoy doing because you don't have time. You know, I got I got work. I got too many hours to work and I just don't have time to do those things because we start cutting those things out. And that's the worst thing we can do because it's those things that in life that we enjoy doing that's self-care, whether it's mm -hmm. going out and having coffee with your friends or out to drinks or going to catch a movie or a concert. A lot of people hear self-care, they think yoga, meditation and all that, which of course it is. Yeah. But doing things in life you enjoy doing could be watching Netflix, could be reading or writing or painting or fishing or golfing yeah. or going hiking. That's self-care because yeah. it's something you enjoy doing. It, yeah. it's, it's helpful to you. It tends to be very singular in nature, which means your focus is on that. So your focus isn't on 15 other things. You're, oh. you're focusing on, on that activity that you're doing. And right. when, when you start noticing people quit doing that, it's like, or they quit, you know, going out to lunch with you or going out to Friday night, you know, dinner or whatever, when those things start going away, that's definitely a warning sign. Another one that jumps out, it was definitely my case too, that I ignored, but everybody else knew about it was I was getting a lot more irritable. Uh, I was very short tempered with everyone, not just family, but friends, colleagues, your boss, which is really not a good idea, uh -huh. uh, but it's, it, 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 get, it gets you into HR really quick and <laughs> you know, you don't want to do that. So, but you know, those are the common signs that I see just, you know, and of course, you know, fatigue and um, you know, lack of attention and, and all those things. But those are the common things that I see time and time again. And if you know your people or you know yourself, you can kind of take a look and go, all right, are these any of these signs resonating with me right now? So now I'm noticing that there were times that I was probably, if I wasn't burnt out, I was approaching burn, burnout. Um, what can we do when, you know, if this resonates with someone out there, what can they do as an individual 
to stop burnout and, you know, turn the ship around? Uh, there's a few things that I suggest. Number one, get real crystal clear on how you spend your time. And it's amazing how many people really don't have a good grasp of how they spend their time. They go through life on autopilot. They know, okay, these days I go to work. These are the hours that I tend to be there and whatnot. Or if you're working remotely, this is when I'm doing work and then the weekends and whatnot. But get crystal clear on how you spend your time and make sure that you schedule those self-care things that I mentioned before, those things you like doing, schedule those. Don't try to squeeze them in between 11, 45 and 12, because you say, well, I'm going to go on a 15 minute walk before noon. Well, you know what happens? 1139, your colleague or boss comes in and they ask the most dangerous question in the world. Do you got a minute? It's never a minute. It's never a minute. It's uh, it's never a minute. If you, if you get out of there under 10, you're you're winning. So you know that. So guess what? You said, well, get, now you're looking. It's like, well, I don't have time for my walk. I'll do it tomorrow. Well, then tomorrow comes and guess what? Another, hey, do you have a minute? Uh, another thing that is really helpful, and I did this last year, is I got a food intolerance test because I know I have some food sensitivities and a couple allergies. Mm -hmm. So I decided to invest in a food intolerance test and it tested me on over 250 foods. If you're eating foods that just naturally flow through your body, then your body's not working as hard while you sleep, which means it can use some of that energy to address other things that are going on in your body, which means you get a better night's sleep. You get a good night's sleep. You can navigate stressful situations a little bit easier. And then those stressful situations don't become prolonged. And of course, prolonged stress turns into burnout. So it's one of those things where just focusing on getting a good night's sleep, eating foods that are right for you. Uh, and, and again, scheduling those things in life that are important to you. You start doing just those little things and don't try to do it all at once. You know, take it one step at a time. I would say, you know, look at your calendar, those things you like to do. You know, find, find some time in a couple of weeks, you know, write it in your calendar, start sure. adding that back. And what will happen is it gives you something to look forward to. It also, what I find is, okay, let me make sure that I focus on the work that I need to get done. So that way I don't have any interruptions while I go do that activity. So, you know, between the organization and HR, what um, can they do to manage burnout in employees? I, communication has always been the, solution to so many issues and so, so if i can just jump in here though communication about what when it comes to burnout understanding what your employees need and having an open dialogue about it you know how are things going and you know the, mm -hmm. the faulty answer from employees is it's good the project's doing this and like no 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 no, no. i'm not talking about work right. i'm talking about you a client of mine that i help out with you know that was a common thing in, in their team gatherings was, how's everyone doing? And of course, they all defaulted to, well, the, you know, this project, like, I don't care right now about that. I care about you. It, when, when people feel valued and they feel that their inputs are being heard, doesn't mean you're going to implement them, but as long as they feel that you're genuinely considering those things, then they're going to continue to contribute. And if they don't feel heard and they don't feel like the organization cares about them, then that's stressful. And that's why we're seeing you know, things like the great resignation and organizations are going, wow, we are having a difficult time finding replacements. Again, it's an opportunity for organizations again, to 
to talk with their people, ask them what they need. But by all means, don't forget the customer, find out what they need and harmonize all of those things and utilize everybody's gifts and skills and talents to to create environments where they can thrive in the work that they do. And that's going to pay big dividends for, for everybody involved. Thanks, Michael. That was informative and helpful. We have reached the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time when I talk shop with another insightful guest.